Welcome to Consciousness Unfiltered. Get ready for a very different, vulnerable, and uncensored conversation with Dr. Anthony Mattis and his amazing guests. They'll be sharing the powerful tools of access consciousness that have helped thousands of people all over the world to create change in every area of their lives. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Consciousness Unfiltered. I am Dr. Anthony Mattis, and I'm joined by my beautiful guest, Sylvia Puentes, Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator, Right Voice for You Facilitator, and so many other certifications here. Please welcome and say all the other wonderful things you, you are currently doing right now at this time in your life. Well, thank you, Anthony. I mean, thank you so much for this invitation, and I love the title of your show. Yeah, life, life beyond teaching or life after teaching. Yeah, so and what's the conversation of consciousness, is it unfiltered, you said? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I love where we may go in this conversation. So thank you, because I never thought I'd be having conversations about consciousness 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. Like, I didn't get the value of it, the gift of it. So, you know, I may read all my credentials, but really, it's like what I have chosen since 10 years ago and how different my life is, I'd like people to know that there is possibilities of having the likeness and the gift and the joy of living that mm. I didn't even know was a possibility to even ask for. So yes, I mean, now 10 years later, I have certifications to facilitate incredible body of specialty programs through with the tools of access consciousness. So, you know, joy of business facilitator. So a lot of different courses in this with businesses. And then um, getting out of debt joyfully, which again, almost seems like, you know, this twist of like, what are you speaking about joyfully? But this yeah. is all the body of work that I feel are going to create something greater in our own lives and the planet. Mm. So right place for you, empowering people to have their voice in whatever they choose to be and do. There's also the gift of being you, changing the world, this being a certified facilitator in that body of work, really mm. the gift that we are when we choose to totally be congruent with who we are and not judge any part of it. Mm. So those are some of the things I get to do. There's also, I'm also a body process facilitator, the gift of our bodies, you know, really discovering the power and the healing of our bodies that we have. Um, and I know yeah. you know a lot about that. So I also get to, you know, contribute to a lot of the classes through the Americas. I um, help coordinate many of those events. And currently, I think one of my recent joy I don't know, collaboration contribution is to a project in El Lugar, El Lugar in Costa Rica, which is a resort that's being built in such a different way in really communion with the earth that I've never seen before. Yeah, say and, more about that. Well, you have a podcast called uh, This Is Our Earth that you're doing to just really sort of get this beautiful land and project out in the world and, and also just remind everybody of this beautiful planet that we get to act actually live on that's floating around in space that we take for granted and uh say can you say more we're going to jump around all over the place but I, yeah. I love the listeners to actually hear what your life was like before access even came along but but say more about the the, the podcast and this whole Elagar project well it's this Elagar project well let me just kind of back up just a little bit going you know there was this underlying question that I didn't even 
And I say, I didn't realize I had, because no one had asked me, what would you like to create in the world? What, like beyond my, oh, make more money, you know, get the house. And, you know, beyond that, no one was asking me these questions. I didn't, wasn't around a circle of people or reading things that were really inspiring me that way. So when I discovered access consciousness, there was always this question of what else is possible? Mm. You know, that I'd never considered before. Mm. And when I realized I didn't have perhaps as many problems as I thought I was, the invitation was, I was like, well, if you don't have problems to solve and fix, well, then what? Because mm. that's all I saw around me. I yeah. saw it was all about, okay, figuring something out, finding a solution to a problem, overcoming something. And every time I went to go, I'm going to put in, say, pretend I had a problem. It didn't read. It wasn't true. And mm. so I'm like, well, I already knew I was a bit different, but now then what? Mm. And the invitation actually by the founder of Access Consciousness was create. And I thought, create? Mm. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, we think about, you know, creation as far as you birth a child, perhaps, right? That sense yeah. or, you know, plants, but create, what is that? So for me, this project, El Lugar, is the energy of creating something that has never existed on the planet before. Mm. And it's where... I mean, this is what makes life worth living for me, where you know you're actually creating something that's going to create a sustainable planet, invite people to build a bit different, to, you know, plant different, to, to be in the question with the earth, where do we plant, what, do, what does it require, you know, what's the flow that's going to create the most with less impact on the earth. Right. And so for me, this, this land of over 1200 acres out in Costa Rica is inviting that in the world. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, so people can look it up. It's lel-lugar.com. And there's so many ways you can engage with the property and you get to see the development and, you know, everywhere from the construction to the sewer lines that they're doing to, mm -hmm. you know, adding as they're going along with the earth rather than destroying it and then trying to fix it as most places do to beautify something. This right. is going in um, conjunction, you know, adding more trees to add that natural element of the birds and the insects and everything that nurtures the land. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten to ride hor a horse um, along the property. And recently I was out there, just me and this other guide. And I, it was a space and a peace and a nurturance that I thought, I desire that on the planet. I mm. desire everyone to sense it, feel it, experience it so they know it's possible. Because mm -hmm. we're living in a time where things are fast and noisy and, and we've forgotten and lost that sense of peace that's of still available. So yeah. for me, contributing to this project, it's like my gift of contributing that to the world. So the awesome. podcast, the title, This Is Our Earth, my... Yeah. For me, it's like we have choices every day that we can make that are creating a greater earth. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we discount, we think we're just one little person in this little town and right. what I do doesn't matter, but it's not even, there is what we do, but it's also who you be, the mm -hmm. energy being in the world that creates so much more. Yeah. So this podcast is really fun. You guys can, it can be found in many different places, Google, Spotify, and other platforms, even out for the people in Japan, I, there's a different platform for that. And, um, but this is our earth and nice. short little interviews of people choosing something different and yeah. acknowledging what they know that might sound weird, but that actually creates a whole different uh, energy invitation on the planet.
Yeah. What a gift. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that at, I guess, towards the end as well. But um, what, okay, so what were you doing like before access? Like where, you know, who were you? What were you doing? And like, what even made you start reaching for something different? Like what wasn't working in your life? Or like, you know, or was it not, not everybody who comes to access had problems or have gone through trauma and drama. Some people just looking for something different. So like, where were you before yeah. access? Well, what's incredible is that, you know, you do meet a lot of people that had done a, you know, a lot of different work searching for something. I actually didn't consider myself, I would have never put myself under the platform of a seeker. Mm -hmm. And yet, if I look back years and years, even as a child, I was that child that noticed that the energy in the house was something was up. Mm -hmm. I noticed when people were unhappy, even if they didn't say it, like I had this sense of energy that no one ever talked to me about, but I was always going out to try to change it. You know, like, you know, I would be the one maybe, you know, dancing in, in a group to try to get everybody's body like energized or, or laughing or, or that energy to go, Hey, I know there's something else available. Mm -hmm. So before access, I would say that I had, you know, done all the right things. I'd gotten married. I mm -hmm. had the dog, the two cats, the son, you know, um, the house, the, the job, the, the social security, the, you know, life insurance, like yeah. <laughs> all those evidence that you're like, I have made it, you know, healthcare and, benefits, right? Cause you're a teacher. Yeah. So you worked in the, did you work in the public school? Health, uh, yeah. yeah. So you had so good insurance. <laughs> yeah. I love that you invited me to speak of that. Cause it literally feels like another lifetime. Yeah. That's how different my life is today. But yeah, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I, at the moment, I thought I started to um, talk to people that that hated school, you know, and I'm all like, well, what happened? And so many of the stories were early on in kindergarten. So I thought mm. I'll become a kindergarten teacher. Okay. If that's where I can make impact for people to have a different outlook of life of them, because I mean, people that had teachers that were mean and and judge them and you know we've all experienced maybe one or two man, i mean i'd be a different person today if you were my kindergarten teacher that's all i have to say because my kindergarten teacher oh evil man evil yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> she's so mean so there was something i already knew then and so i taught you know in, in san francisco I taught out in beautiful St. Helena out near Calistoga, Napa Valley area. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went to my hometown, my hometown in Windsor, California, a small little town. Wow. They had a Spanish immersion school okay. and total years about maybe 17 years of teaching. Wow. And I would start the year so excited, you know, what I could create with the kids. And, and I enjoyed the parent conferences because it was like, that's where the possibilities were. Yeah. And yet there was a moment, not far after the beginning of the school year, that everything just went, uh -oh. we then all know that out, um, we had the No Child Left Behind Movement Act mm. that before I knew it, it was all about what page are you on? Mm. What material have you covered? And I remember mm. I'd come to the end of the day and there'd be this energy of like, what was today about? Yeah. Like, okay, I covered this material, that material, but... Well, what about the kids? All of a sudden I realized I, it's like I had no, no sense of, wait, how was Johnny today? How was Mary? How was, yeah. like I, had, I was losing that essence of my engagement with the child. Um, 
So I knew that something was in the midst of like, I desired something else. And I remember trying to organize the teachers, let's meet for lunch, like somehow inspire each other. And then before you know it, I can't make it. I got to make copies. I got to, you know, no one was interested in that or at least, you know, creating the time for it. And then the last thing that happened was that I walked into the lunchroom one day and I'm teaching third grade by that time. So I went kindergarten, third grade. And I walk in and this lady that not a lot of students really liked, I heard her say what she was waiting for of retirement. So she waited another year, what that meant financially for her. And I thought, is that why she's still here? Mm. So for me, you know, that sense of going, wow, I desire something else. So there started to be this spark of desiring something else. But I was, you know, that teacher that was also really committed that, you know, I was there in the morning, really late at night, and then waking up at three in the morning going, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have said this. Maybe I should that. So there was always really a lot of worry in my head, Mm. a lot of um, regret. Oh, man, I blew it. You know, so I lived a lot in my head from guilt to worry to trying to figure things out. And I just thought that's what you did, right? you, You obviously, you know, it's interesting. Why? Okay, so you obviously had this knowing and desire to make it difference in these children's lives right but the system was set up in such a way that getting through the material and having these kids score certain numbers on these tests so the numbers are all right whatever that is that was actually more of value than actually I don't know speaking into these children's lives getting to see their gifts and capacities and and having a sense of knowing when they grow up that they can be and do anything they want so like what and then you're and then you're trying to get all the other teachers involved like hey let's make a difference what okay from your point of view what's that what's that thing that that maybe stole the motivation out of the other teachers because you were like let's do this let's change this like what was in place that made it difficult to create that thing that you were trying to create but the system wasn't really set up for that well I think what was given value to was we were all being monitored. People were coming into our class to monitor, check where we were. And ultimately it was our scores that then it was a conversation of what we were doing right and wrong. So we were being defined, graded for the scores of our students. Interesting. So that's where the focus seemed to have gone to that, that it was the doing somehow that that was going to create the result. And I've discovered along the way that it, it, not that you don't um, educate them or teach them on processes and the material, but there is so much more that empowers a child to be able to have the ease to learn um, that we don't, at least, you know, when I was in school, we weren't looking at that. And I don't get they're really looking at that now either with the transition of being online as well. We're missing that piece of engaging the child, um, empowering the child to know that they know and that they're not wrong. And so much of the system, it's about where you're wrong and what you need to fix. So for teachers, it was like, okay, that's what we need to focus on. So even though there was maybe a few teachers that have that desire, it was like, there's something else. It was such a pull to look at your grades, to look at the scores. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting because there's so many gifts and capacities that are within all of us adults, children that are not measurable, 
by these tests. And I was one of those kids who fell through the cracks, you know what I mean? And, and spent most of my life just being insecure because the system said I was dumb or I couldn't keep up. And so, so, wow. And you know, and what, something that I've often said too for maybe a child who does get lost <laughs> in the cracks or doesn't fit the scores or make the scores or make the mark is that it only takes one person, one teacher to come into their life to give that child hope. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to, along the way, to have that one person, like every so often throughout my struggles and my journey, that would speak something into my universe that was like, okay, so there is hope for me, even though I didn't meet the standards. And so what a gift you are to the world. But you obviously found that you couldn't be all of you and be the gift that you wanted to be with these kids because the system kind of kept you from it. And then, so then when did like access sort of like show up for you? So then, you know, I, you know, I had um, my child and we, I was married at the time. So we were looking at having a second child, which wasn't becoming easy. There was mm. complications. And so we thought maybe it's the stress of work. And mm. so as he transitioned out of um, nursing school, he went in, I came out. So I took mm. a year off and then I took a second year off. Mm. And then it was like, I got the letter, you either need to choose to come back or resign your teaching credential. Oh. And it, it was such an interesting choice. And so this, I started to, um, now, had I heard of access yet? I don't think I had yet. I'm trying to kind of put it in, in the time frame, but uh, no, I hadn't. But all I, all I knew, and this is where like acknowledging what we know I mean, access consciousness is a wealth of incredible tools, but also what we knew in those little sparks, like you said, like we had it there and sometimes it just takes one person to inspire something. Mm -hmm. So when I took that year off and then looked to create something, I didn't know what I wanted to create, right? But I, I got a life coach. So that was probably something that helped, that kind of helped me put it something together. Mm -hmm. But every time I look to going back to the classroom out of the need, out mm -hmm. of the fear, for security, because that's what we base a lot of choices on, right? right? Yeah. And it was during the economic downturn here mm. where people were losing their houses, people were losing their jobs, and I had this secure job I could go back to. Mm -hmm. And yet every time I looked at that, it was like my whole world just shrunk. I was like, it, it was like the sight of just that choice was like, no. And the other to not to choose something else that I didn't even know what it was, was like, Wow. Yeah. And so the way I worded it is that I chose my passion of what like I the possibilities I saw versus the fear. So I resigned. Right. Wow. I resigned there. And yet the the force, I'd say my ex-husband was like, where's your business plan? You know, your website, your business cards. <laughs> and so I ended up creating a program where I got to tie in all the parts that I knew made a difference in a child's life. I wow. was a parent uh, coach a tutor for the kids. And then I'd tie in the school. So it was an academic parent coaching program. Oh, cool. No website, no business card, <laughs> but people heard of me. It was all word of mouth. Wow. And then it became, um, so I got to use all the tools in that private practice. And I had wow. a waiting list before you knew it because there was something that was working when the kids were empowered. Yeah. And I was able to work with the parents and then go into the schools and listen to what they were their their ideas of what was wrong with the kid that that right. makes such an impact and so empowering wow. them if they were open 
to something different as well. Cool. So then access came. Mm. And when I stepped out of the classroom, I was able to be part of different groups. So I was part of a woman's group. And this lady brought in this weird video about something called Access Bars and this <laughs> book by Dr. Dane. And yeah, we yeah. had a short conversation. And then we practiced this technique on ourselves. And I'm like, well, that was weird. I didn't feel anything. And then I went out to volunteer at my son's school. And I thought midday, I was like, whoa, there's something weird. What is that? Yeah. And it was the first time is it was as if someone had turned off the wind. Mm. I noticed for the first time that I wasn't in my head, mm. that I wasn't thinking, oh, should I go talk to them? No, I should sit down. Oh, I should wait. Why did I say that? Should I, you know, all that stuff that goes through our head. It was the first time it wasn't there. Oh, awesome. And that was receiving a bar session. From yeah. someone who didn't even know what it was. We just kind of followed the points on our own. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. And for those of you who don't know, Access Bars, um, it, it's actually a hands-on technique that deals with these 32 points on your head. Um, and the bars doesn't stand for anything. It just deals with these bars of energy that run from one side of your brain to the other. And it sort of like helps to delete all the different points of view and considerations that you have in the areas like money, body, sexuality, sadness, joy, healing, and so on and so forth. And there have been people who have been suicidal, as you know, uh, that because of receiving the bars, they're no longer suicidal or been on anti-anxiety medicines, antidepressants, and no longer take these things. And it really is tr truly a gift uh, for you, your family, whatever health conditions you may be suffering from. So check out Access Consciousness, www.accessconsciousness.com. And you can learn more about the bars and what, because the, there's facilitators literally all over our planet now, thank God. Thank and, God. But that anyway. was the first time I perceived that piece that I was like. Yeah, awesome. So that's cool. So, okay, so fast forward, when you've perceived that piece, or you're like, I need more of this. Um, what happened after that? Yeah, when I was there, I was like, the only thing I did was that weird thing on the head, right? So I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. more of that. And then I met the founder. Mm, okay. You know, I had listened to another facilitator and there was podcasts, there was summits at the time. But when I met the founder, Gary Douglas, he had come to a nearby town. Again, you know, if I, if you remember at the beginning, I said, I realized even as a kid, I was aware of energies, but yeah. no one ever talked to me about that. But so when yeah. I met Gary Douglas, it was like, what is this? Not yeah. who is this? What is this? Because yeah. Yeah. I was aware of an energy he was willing to be to invite all of us and whatever it took to open up that crack of what it is that we knew of mm. what we are outside of everything and all the lies that we've bought. Mm. So I laughed the most I had laughed in a long time. I'm in the front row, right? And Gary Douglas, for those of you that haven't met him, when you do, you know, he's irreverent and he's willing to be whatever is required. Yeah. I was laughing. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Yeah. And then we did this exercise where I had this pain in my arm that I attributed to, I had lifted weights and for three weeks, a sharp pain on my arm and it had not gone away. And we did an exercise instantaneously gone. Which class was this, by the way? This, it was an evening class. They were, they were conducting a, a larger class during the day. And the evening class was get off the short bus. Are you willing to get <laughs> off the short bus? Okay, nice. So there I was getting off the short bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. And so we did this exercise really acknowledging, um, yeah, it was like, who does it belong to? You're someone else or something else. Mm. As 
And this question I had never heard something else, the contribution that our planet Earth is asking of us. When I contributed in my energy to the Earth in that moment, in that exercise, that pain was gone. And I remember like searching for it because I couldn't believe it. How can yeah. you do this exercise or, or this and then have something be gone that you've been suffering for for three weeks and you know it's probably because of the weights. Like it made wow. no sense, none. Right. So, so actually the tool that you use was question which led you to an awareness. And once you got the awareness, it was able to change that intensity or that symptom that was actually in your body for however long you were saying. Wow, that, that's remarkable. It is. And so that gift of having fun and then that change. And I remember at a break, Gary Douglas turns to me, he's all, and you very seriously, he goes, and you stop having so much fun. And <laughs> I'm so grateful because he was aware of something. Because when he said that, I turned around, I was like, oh, I am having fun. I had no idea I was having fun. Yeah. And yeah. realized in that moment that this energy of this exuberance and this laughter and this fun was not in any other area of my life. Mm -hmm. And the next evening, Dr. Dane had an evening class and his incredible work of the energetic synthesis of being mm -hmm. and body work that he does, it was like changed my reality because he asked me, when was the last time you were truly happy? Wow. And, wow. and you yeah, didn't exactly. even know that you weren't happy, right? No, that's I would have. Okay, that's different. That's interesting. Okay, funny. Yes, if anybody would have asked me before that evening, I would have said, I'm happy I have the house, the dog, oh, you know, wow. like everything I thought. But he that's asked so me. That's so different. That's so different, though. Yeah. Okay, cool. So interesting. So your doors got blown open. It, it was like. Totally. Whatever you decided would be a happy life, you had created it. Yep. And then going to this class because of the energy you were aware of, it blew the doors out. And you're like, oh my God, there's actually more available. And the the work of Dr. Dane, it, it says he energetically asked me. So it was really like truth. Like what what's true for you here? And it's almost like I wanted to say, I'm and it couldn't come out. And I went through past every year to try to find out. When was the last time I was truly happy? I got to three years old. Oh boy, wow. And so I was moved. I was in, not crying, but in tears going, how is that possible? Yeah. And yet his work is like, he, it's almost like, and this is all done energetically, but it's as if it's there, you know it, it's there, it's you. And now you get to choose. Do you want to bring that forward into your life now? Awesome. So from that moment on, my one of my sisters even said, you realize your laugh is different? Because there was this level of exuberance and joy that I had not allowed to come out before. And yeah. that started to create changes in my life where I started to choose more of what I knew was true rather than what mm -hmm. I thought was right. And the right, right thing to do as a good mother or, you know, good teacher, you know, yeah. and it created a lot of chaos. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So what were the tools? Like if you could just share a couple of tools that you sort of like used along the way to kind of get you to where you are today. So how long ago was that actually? 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Okay. So here you are now, but what, what were like the tools? And we're always using tools, right? We're always, yeah. always learning new things, incorporating new stuff. But what were like your go-to tools in the, in the beginning? Well, the very first one was to acknowledge that I was aware of energy. Mm. I had, 
I had an aunt that was doing EFT. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with that, but so she started to give me the sense of like, oh, I'm aware of energy. Yeah. And then discovering access is to trust that I could ask a question and I could perceive lightness and heaviness because mm. I didn't, I didn't know that. I just okay. would go places like, oh, I don't want to go back there again. Oh, I didn't really like them or, oh, that was really great. But that was me being aware of energy. So yeah. that was the first part to it. It's like, yeah. oh, Can I'm aware of energy. Example of the light and heavy just for people who have that same awareness, but don't realize it's an awareness. Yeah. So, you know, it could be things like, like say going to my sisters, I adore my sisters, right? Say one particular one. It's like even going to her house, like she invites me to something. It's like, oh yes. And then like, it's just, yes. Right. Like sometimes it's so quick and there's other times like, oh, I really don't want to go, right. like, you know, but there's that sense that there's a crunch in your world. So either it's like, ah, this space of, or it's, uh. mm -hmm. and I started to notice things I would like when I was beating myself up about something. Yeah. You know, that judgment, it was like, ah, and I was like, wait, what's not true here? Right. What's actually true here? Because what's true will always make you feel lighter. There's always a sense of lightness, whether it's a smile, almost like a deep breath. Yeah. And what's not true for you is always heavy and crunchy. And yeah. sometimes other questions are required, but that sense, something's not true there. Wow. So starting to, to practice that and be aware of that um, became my greatest tool along with my favorite tool right at the beginning was truth. If I choose this, mm. what will my life be like in five years and in 10 years? Right. Cause the five years and 10 years gets you out of your head enough where you can't predict, predict yeah. what your choice will create yeah. right away. And, and then taking it the other way going, okay, truth. If I don't choose this, what will my life be like in five years and 10 years? Yeah. And I actually was aware of that energy with resigning from my teaching position. And I used that question for my divorce later. Wow. Now, did people think you were crazy? Like the people from the outside in, like you my have a son and my husband at the time? Yes. Okay. Wow. Interesting. And so how did you sort of, I don't want to use the word protect, right? We know better not to use that word protect. But, but again, for someone who's a, a, like a, a new listener, right? who doesn't understand all the, the lingo that we use in access, when you decided to start choosing for you and go beyond what everybody else would perceive as a great life you already have, what, why are you wanting to change yeah. this? How did you sort of protect yourself from, let's say maybe the naysayers and, and, and say, no, you know what? This is, this is what I know to be true for me or whatever. What did you, can you share about that? Um a couple of things. One is the other tool that was really great for me to use is who does this belong to? Because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that so many of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions weren't mine. Right. So that was that was a key component because as things would come at me, it's like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, truth. Does this belong to me? No. There was like, oh, no, that lightness is like, okay, so what's true for me? So that was an incredible tool. Um, the other thing, it's like, there was a level of kindness and honoring of me mm. that that I desired for everyone. So it's almost like that was greater than, than the willingness to make certain people happy in my life. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, with my son, there were certain tools and things that I used with him because I wasn't willing to be the mean mom because I thought if I yelled or, you know, so there were certain things I was doing and it was changing and creating a different relationship. 
And with my now ex-husband, it was like, I started to actually be, I could listen and hear what wasn't working that I was never willing to hear and see before. Um, So there was a level of honoring me. I, I, like there was just something more I was aware of. I guess it's that willingness to have kindness for me because I was the person that was willing to devote herself to her family. I went to work, I came home, I was up early in the morning making breakfast, I was late at night, you know, if he had a late night shift, I was the, you know, I was there at all the parent meetings, volunteering, I was doing all these things, but I wasn't included. Right. No idea was not including me. Mm. Uh, And always looking to make my parents happy, trying to help my sisters, but all from the superior point of view as well. But so it was always for everyone, but I wasn't included. So for the first time, I was like, no, that's not okay. And it was really uncomfortable. You know, like you said, when I chose the divorce, everyone's like, shit, Sylvia, like if you got a divorce and your relationship was great, what are we doing? So it brought up a lot for them. Um, When I designed my job, people were waiting for me to go back and I never did. So, you know, there were certain people where it started to bring up, um, you know, I ended up resigning from a second job that was really great as well. And people were like, you know, Sylvia, you got some balls. I don't know if I can use those things here, but they're like, I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you know how many people want to leave this job? I'm like, why don't they? And so I never realized how much courage I was willing to, that I had to step out of what the norm was, what the security was. So that's something I'm still acknowledging in these days. It's like, oh, it isn't easy. You're right. You go to what you stay. I know many people that stay in their relationships, even though they don't work because they don't know what else to do or what it will be like on the other side. I know people that stay, stay in jobs they hate because they really believe that they can't create something greater than that. Mm-hmm. And um, so how did I, I think it was just the, the tools, the ongoing tools, what is light? And what is going to create? The biggest thing you, you chose, you made a lot of choices that a lot of people would not be willing to make. It's that choice thing. And, and some of those choices you made not knowing, having an awareness of an energy, but not necessarily having maybe all the information or like all your ducks in a row, so to speak. You chose to jump off the cliff many times and actually create. And I actually, and I actually had bought, while I was married, I bought that I didn't know anything about money, mm-hmm. that I didn't know anything about parenting, but I was always wrong. Right. And I didn't mm. see that until afterwards, but I remember two years after my divorce going, okay, I'm not on the streets. Actually, I'm still making my mortgage payment. I actually yeah. have two cars. I've started to travel. Maybe I do know something. Yeah. <laughs> but even then there was this slight doubt that that yeah. I was that it was all gonna fall apart, that that I didn't know. But the one thing I could trust, and thank you, Anthony, for this conversation, because I'm acknowledging you more, but I was trusting me and I was trusting the energy that I was aware of this. All right, let's go. There is an energy here that says this will create more. How? So that, yeah, I. So, so what, okay. So what would you like to see in the world Hmm. as a result of the tools of access and even Ella, I'm going to add even the whole project with uh, LOR. 
That all, that wow, that actually tears me up. Um, one of the gifts that nature has been for me, and I've recently in these last days, I get this early pull, and I'm like, what? Like, okay, I'll get up, and then I open the curtain, and there's the sunrise. Yeah, like it's like I can hear the earth. And the other night I woke up at 3.30, didn't even realize it was a full moon, but I woke up at 3.30 and I was like, what? And it was this pool to open the door and I looked out and this incredible moon and peaceful night and the sky and there was like clouds all around the moon. I thought, wow. So for me, there's something that the earth is inviting to us now more than never, or it's getting really loud or it's gotten louder, or maybe I'm just willing to hear it that there is something available for us to choose and be yeah. that no one's ever shown us. So the earth is, I, my sense is that the earth is showing us if we're willing to listen. So for me, I desire a world where people don't judge themselves. Like where yeah. judgment isn't the, the commodity, the highest thing, you know, where there is that space of allowance and gratitude and joy and that thriving enthusiasm of living you know, for the people that know me, it's sometimes one of my downfalls that I'm so enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sylvia, you get so excited. It's like, yeah, I do. I really do. You know, it's sometimes I drive right now in Northern California and it like, oh, I got to stop because I'm driving and I just noticing all the trees, even after the fires. It's like there is such a beauty for us to acknowledge on this earth. And there's such a beauty in us that for me, it's like, what would it take for all of us to see the gift of us? And if anything, these stories are really to show you, you know, I mean, even the story I shared on a different show not long ago was growing up, I didn't realize I was poor. Yeah. And they're like, how can you not realize I'm all, even then I didn't look at what we didn't have. I was looked at what we had. Right. And so I didn't notice the powder milk and that that was wrong or that people were bringing us gifts or, you know, things like that. So even in today's unpredictable times it's like what if we stopped looking at what we don't have and not what's working but okay there's certain things going on what can we choose what can we be that's going to invite you know a different energy on the planet but also a different different practices different different exercises that will remind us the greatness of us because what I see happening with a lot of the lockdowns and a lot of the things that I've really have found workarounds like I'm still traveling I'm mm -hmm. still creating probably greater than I have in other years. Mm -hmm. So I know there's workarounds. I know that there's things, but the willingness to choose that, to see that, to ask for that can only come from you. Right. And that's what these access consciousness tools have been for me. You know, there was a spark. There was something there when I was young and as a teacher and that ongoing courage to go, all right, this might not look pretty for a little while, but I know it's going to create more. I may be uncomfortable, you know, just the part of what I love about facilitating right voice for you is people's uncomfortableness, their yeah. sweaty palms, their shaky voices. But once they get to the other side and have the ease yeah. and relaxation, yeah. they're unstoppable. Yeah. So awesome. I guess Beautiful. that's what I desire. Thank you so much for this conversation. It, it, it was very different because a, a lot of the talks, I mean, even, you know, I was sort of like in the gutter when I got to access. And so I, I like your story because it was like, it wasn't necessarily you were in like these dark times and you found access. It was like you had a normal life, you know what I mean? But you always had this, this burning desire and awareness for something 
something else. And, and at that time, you thought you were maximizing that something else. And yet then another possibility showed up and you were actually willing to reach for that. And so that's, that's and I had one thing, Anthony, there yeah. that just um, sparked is that one of the things that was wrong about me, according to a lot of people, is that I wasn't willing to spend a lot of time delving into my shit. Like Sylvia, you just got to be more present. Like what's not working? What's wrong? And somehow like that just never, like mm. it was so unsettling for me. And so I thought I was wrong because I didn't sit in meditation for hours. I didn't reflect on what wasn't working and my problems and looking at the shadows of my life. And, yeah. and that was a wrongness of me. Right. And yet, you know, what's life for me is that I do see possibilities. So for the people yeah. listening, you know, what have you been judged for? What has been your greatest judgment either of yourself or that other people have judged you for? It might be your greatest capacities and powers. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. that, that for me. So wherever you're at, if you're in the shithole, these tools are incredible. If you're not in the shithole, life can still even get greater. Oh, so. I know. You can actually go beyond anything you've ever asked for or thought was actually possible. So that, and you just illustrated that for all of us. And how can people find you in your classes? Well, yeah, um, you know, definitely on the Access Consciousness website under Sylvia with the Y Puentes, um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, oh, website is meetsylviapuentes.com. I do a lot in Spanish, so you'll see a lot in Spanish, but there's also things there in English. The website, you can translate it, um, you know, private sessions and as well as classes around the world. So I'm still managing to go through a couple countries um, and what will it take to open up these borders? And if not, I'm still not stopping. So you can always find me online. There you go. There you go. I love it. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me and being part of this conversation and being the gift to the world, the world, the people in the world and the beautiful planet that we all live on. So yeah. thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Anthony. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more about Anthony, please come visit dranthonymatters.com. And if you'd like to know more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com.